Hey, this is Josh. You're about to hear a very special episode of Convo by Design featuring the first design influencer group session that was recorded live from the Tadeli Outdoor Showroom at the Pacific Design Center. From this came a whole bunch of findings that you're going to hear about on the podcast. But if you want to go and read about them and follow along, you can find the blog post on the Form Magazine website. So if you go to formmag.net, you will be able to uh, find a whole blog post listing out all of the findings that came out of this group. And I think you're really going to like them. So follow along and enjoy this episode, the inaugural Design Influencer Group presented by Tadeli Outdoor. And again, check it all out on formmag.net and listen to the episode. Enjoy. I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design recorded from the Living Kitchen Studio. What do you think would happen if we took 10 creatives, including designers, architects, landscape architects, set decorators, put them in a room for an hour to talk about the business of design, emerging trends, and how the business is changing? That's what I wanted to know. So I created the Design Influencer Group. It's an ongoing series of strategic events that will take place regularly across Southern California and beyond and include an extraordinary group of designers, architects, set decorators, product manufacturers, and other creatives in the uh, architecture and design space. The purpose is simple. Open a dialogue in a controlled environment to assess the current state of the design business. But I also wanted to hear about emerging trends and concepts. I think the word trendy has become equal to temporary and without merit. I think there's a difference between trendy and trending, the latter being an emerging idea that hasn't been fully recognized, whereas the former is, you know, trend is not a bad word until you add a Y to it. So I think there's a difference, and that's why we're doing these, uh, these gatherings. I met with 10 amazing creatives at the Tadeli showroom in the Pacific Design Center for what turned out to be an amazing afternoon. We talked about the business and they presented their ideas. I'm going to let I'm going to let them tell you about their design ideas themselves, but I wanted to share with you some key findings as they relate to the business of design. Those ideas include and I got I got I have 5 ideas for you. Social media best practices should slash must include credits of those responsible for creating the project and those documenting it. And this has to start with us. This is a big deal to the designers and architects that I spoke to. Everyone's on social media. Everyone's a publisher. There are people who are publishing pretty pictures and looking for responses on social media. The problem is they don't credit the designers responsible for the design. They don't credit the architects responsible for the architecture or the product manufacturers who made the furniture. They don't even credit the photographer who took the images. They just put them up and hope for responses. The problem is designers aren't getting proper credit for it, which is why they, they do this for a living. And it's important. And in addition to that, and we're going to discuss this more at length in the future, there are intellectual property violations taking place that you, as the publisher of those images, are subjecting yourself to, and there's real penalties associated with that. So I think the first thing that we talked about that was of major importance is being socially responsible with regard to social media itself and credit the images that you're using. 
The next one, manufacturers and retailers have an opportunity to increase market share through targeted efforts catering to designer and clients together for shared shopping experiences. This was a really interesting idea to me as well. Showroom, uh, showroom managers, product manufacturers, owners of showrooms and retailers, designers want opportunities to bring their clients in and get educated together. This was a new idea. In the past, it was, you know, designers wanted to come in by themselves without their clients. But that idea is changing. It's important. And I think you need to change with that. There's a difference in the value of services and the cost of products and fees. This was kind of a complex idea, but suffice it to say, what you pay for one designer or what one designer is asking is not necessarily equal to that of another designer. Um, we're starting to see more and more of this with uh, the online services that you know offer super cheap uh, design services, you know, 50 bucks, 250 bucks. Designers don't work that way. And if, if someone is buying those types of design services, you're not getting the full value uh, of the creative services that designers and architects truly provide. But it's out there. Uh, and it's definitely something to be aware of. The next one, the value in the services of architects and designers lies in the services that they provide. It's a little different than the one before this. But you know, if a designer just draws a, a picture, gives you a lookbook and a shopping list, that's one thing. But, you know, it's, it's a true designer who's going to look at the room and say, you know, it may be this size, but here's how I would structure things. Or here's, you know, how do you use this? How do you use this space? How does this space work for your life? Let's, mo let's look more at that and figure out how to design a space that's perfect for you and your family. And number one, I think really interesting, and it certainly is interesting to me because as I've said before, I'm neither a designer nor an architect, but the concept of home is more important than it ever has been. Designers and architects define that. Um, they provide the space that clients are truly looking for, the way they want to live. And keep in mind, you know, we are working more from home than we ever have before. We are spending more time at home than we ever have before. We do more in the home and our homes do more for us than they ever have before. All the more reason why the services of designers and architects is even more valuable than they ever have before. So food for thought, thought it was interesting. Uh, that's the top five from this designers influencer group. We're going to be back in a minute uh, and you're going to get to hear some creative ideas from each of the designers and architects who were in attendance. You know, when I hear about new advancements in design, I get excited and curious. Curiosity is the basis for this journey we take together every week. For five plus years now, this journey of ours has been presented by Snyder Diamond, the title sponsor of Convo by Design. What makes Snyder Diamond so special is the curiosity and guidance of second generation president Russ Diamond. He is continually looking for products that meet and exceed the highest standards so you can perform equally for your clients. Products from companies like Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove. If you haven't seen the Pro Series yet, you're really in for a treat and, and you need to see this because your clients will definitely be wanting it. This is timeless design and lasting preservation from Sub-Zero. Available in sizes from 36 inches to 48 inches and too many options to mention here, so you have to go see them for yourself. And let's not forget, 
that from well-preserved food comes well-prepared food, and that's why Wolf provides craftsmanship, innovation, design, and performance. You can trust allowing cooks at all levels to achieve success in the kitchen. But let's also talk tech for a minute. Many Sub-Zero and Wolf products are Connect-capable, so homeowners can monitor their appliances from the mo their mobile device, which really is amazing. Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove provide so many options from which to choose that as a designer or architect, your options are almost limitless. So if you haven't seen what Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove appliances can do, it's time for you to visit any of the three Snyder Diamond Los Angeles area locations. You can also visit the Sub-Zero Living Kitchen in the Pasadena and Santa Monica showrooms. I am constantly impressed, and I think you will be too. Okay, so let's hear from these creatives and some really cool design tips just for you. First up, Nancy Russert. I would say that I don't necessarily follow trends. I typically like what I like, and if something happens to be happening now or in the near future, that excites me. But um, I pretty much love to focus on what I'm hearing from my clients that their needs are and try and push them a little bit into things that I think they might not expect, but will learn to love in the end when the finished product is um, all put together and it really gives them an eclectic look. Tell me your ideas on uh, repurposing. I love to repurpose for many reasons. One, sometimes people have items that have been in their family for centuries, but they're just outdated. So if we give them a twist on new fabric, refinishing the wood, it brings it back to life. It makes it hip and happening, and it's something that they still want to keep in their home, but it gives a little nod to the heritage of their family as well. Um, and it's also great for the environment that we're not just ditching furniture and buying all new all the time. And speaking of that, custom creations. Custom creations are big to me. I not only have a design firm, but I also have a custom workroom. So custom speaks true to my heart all the time in design. Whether you're just making a basic square arm sofa, you're putting your own personality into it as a designer by adding a different finish, a great fabric, some custom throw pillows, custom in any room always makes a huge impact white in some form white is definitely my most favorite color uh, most of my work is at the beach so we're coastal white in a bed white on a sofa no matter what design i do i typically incorporate that little splash of white somewhere eclectic mix and uh traveled and curated I love an eclectic mix. Um, we're trying to get away from the cookie cutter look of opening up a catalog and seeing that in your home. So if our client has uh, eclectic pieces that they've curated during traveling, we like to pull that into the mix. Um, I personally love to travel, so I'm always keeping my eye out for textiles I can bring home or small things that might fit in my suitcase that I can then um, pass on to my lucky client who might get to have that piece in their home. I think it's important to always have a mix of new, old, um, ethnic, bringing in different cultures. It's the whole package that makes it feel homey and a little bit different than maybe your neighbor. And bringing the inside out. Again, coming from a beach environment, our space is limited, so we are doing a lot of work outside, uh, creating 
spaces outdoors that feel like an extension of your house. So we might uh, bring things that they have in their home outside and it might be a little bit more work, but wheel out that bar cart or bring out those great throws at night and make the outside space feel super inviting and cozy to your family and friends and use that as an extra space that you can enjoy year-round. That was Nancy Russert. This is Cynthia Lembakis. We are, we are talking about trends in, in design. Um, summer 2019 we're starting we're starting with what you're seeing uh from the color palette well um i just the beginning of the year this into the spring i went to um market in las vegas i went to uh, modernism in palm springs cabas and so what i'm seeing is um, a big change in color um, we've really moved away from in kitchens for example the white and grays to these vibrant saturated jewel tone colors that you're seeing not necessarily cabinets in color um field tile in color um plumbing fixtures for example um there's a company called phil rich which um the plumbing store that i shop at is about to bring in some samples of it where they're mixing brass uh, stainless with color underneath so you can have orange on your handles of your faucets and the the handles are like carved out to create these patterns and then you see the color through it which is something that probably hasn't been around since the 70s and it's making a comeback but in a different way in a contemporary way a current way um, so that's really interesting interesting I mean brass has been out for popular for a while in, in plumbing fixtures, but I'm seeing more now brass mixed with matte black, even uh, metal mixed with other materials like concrete and fixtures, plum plumbing wise. Um, I'm also seeing on the appliance side, some of the bigger name brand companies like Gen Air, Decor, mixing brass with stainless steel, which I personally have been mixing metals for a while when it comes to like kitchens as far as the different fixtures, lighting fixtures, hardware, but now I'm seeing it in the appliances. So that's huge. <laughs> and, and so from a color standpoint, in both color and, and the metals, now into materials. Now into materials, I'm seeing um, in wallpapers, uh, large scale, playing with scale and patterns vibrant colors bright colors jewel tones being the main dominant colors um, actually i'm seeing that more in fabrics excuse me and then in wallpaper i'm seeing um one of the things that i've noticed that i'm seeing is a phase of like these watercolor uh almost painterly mixture of colors not necessarily in the jewel tones but just this very painterly watercolor feeling and wall covering um and so that's something that I've noticed. But in fabrics, definitely the vibrancy. Jewel tone, so. Very cool. Anything else? Uh, tile. Let, let's, uh, so let's talk about tile. Okay. Um, I feel like tile for a while, uh, everybody was using, wanting the natural stone. Then porcelain was trying to give that natural stone look. I feel like we've come a long way. I feel like the quartz... The quartz materials on countertops are looking more and more realistic as far as marble. I feel like as far as 
flooring or um, in your shower. You can get porcelain tiles that look just like stone that don't have the maintenance required. So that's been popular. And I personally have just, um, I'm doing a very modern home where I'm using um, a 39 by 39 inch porcelain tile that looks like onyx. So it's incredible. And, it, and you can't tell that it's not a natural stone. So I think that my main uh, thing is that it's just porcelains looking like real. Up next is Christy Nelson. Natural materials. So we're talking about design trends, not trendy, but trending ideas. Um, regarding that, in general sense of style, what are you seeing? I'm seeing a real shift back toward um, interiors at spaces in general that have real ambiance, that are unique, that have color, that have a sense of place in a way that we haven't seen in quite a while where things were, everything was say mid-century modern or recently um, boho has been a big, big trend. Um, and I think people are starting to get really tired of seeing these overarching design themes. And we're starting to see a real shift back to individuality. People bringing in things from their past, from their present. They're not so worried about, well, what's, what's cool or what am I seeing everywhere now? It's more about what matters to me. I'm seeing a lot more ambiance coming into spaces. Even in uh, architecture, I'm seeing that there's a shift toward things having more individuality instead of okay, I'm always going to see an iron window. I'm going to see, you know, these five things are going to make up what is going to be a new build somewhere. There's a lot more thought, a lot more detail, a lot more personal inspiration that's coming in and really making people, I think, feel comforted. And I think especially in the times that we've been dealing with in the last several years, that that sort of comfort, going back to cocooning almost of the whatever early aughts, we're seeing a lot of resurgence of that again. Along those, those same lines, talking about materials, architectural and design, focusing on materials, what are you seeing there? Actually seeing an interesting um, emergence of references to 18th and 19th century architecture, almost the grand tour. A lot of wallpapers are coming out with architectural details, um, stonework, um, coffered ceilings that are all wallpapers so that you can add that sort of whimsy in a way that you're not committed to with a big design budget. It's changeable, but you kind of bring in this sense of history in the now, and it's a fun way of reinterpreting. With regard to um, color, what are we seeing? I'm seeing two things. Uh, jewel tones um, and all sort of variations thereof and I'm also seeing soft um, very ambient sort of colors as well and in my own jobs recently I've been using mauve I've been using lavender it's and some teals it's almost a little bit of an 80s palette but used in a new way and again it's just about having creating an atmosphere um, and creating an ambiance and usually that color is going on the ceilings on the walls and on the, in the fabrics um, that we're using and the materials we're using, and lots of layering thereof. What's the, what's the, big, the big reveal? What's the biggest trend you're seeing right now? 
it's a tiny trend and I'm seeing it much more in um, the fashion industry and it's starting to hit our industry using recycled materials to make new materials um, reusing umbrella fabrics redying them reweaving them make them into new fabrics and I think it's really critical in our industry because there is so much production so much manufacturing to be able to recycle reuse find new ways to use old materials reusing plastics and I think that we're starting to see a glimmer of that in fibers and other things that's really going to take off in a big way and people are going to be very aware and make those choices. Here's something from architect Stephen Francis Jones. So the business oriented trends that I see um, are more entailed with you know, how, do you, uh, how do you cultivate um, a social space, you know, and how do you, um, uh, how do you bring acti an activity level to a space um, by, um, by uh, articulating not just the, the, the design but the events and the happenings and uh, the reason why people come to, come to this space. And um, I think that uh, that you know, one of the things that we're doing uh, now a lot is working with uh, developers to um, to create uh, an amenity, amenity spaces that are um, are are a new a draw for uh, either a retail space um, or a uh, commercial space um, that kind of goes with the latest trends of how people are not just um, you know, not just living, but uh, how they interact with, with each other. You know, the whole idea of, you know, the WeWorks and the, the co-working co space um, has set off a whole new expectations of what does it mean to be in an office and what does it mean to, um, to be amongst your peers. Uh, and, you know, are you just, um, are you just uh, renting a space so to keep a, keep a place or keep your stuff or are you uh, trying to uh, get into a space that that is uh, stimulating and is in, is um, creating you know a, a better uh, a better lifestyle a better you know uh, the importance of of what it is that um, that you that you're you're doing you know either working or playing or or um, uh, or just interacting with other people. So, anyway, so those the 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 the, the part of the trend also I feel is that you know a lot of communities are trying to uh, make sure that they're getting the local uh, local mom and pops to come into the, to their space to kind of give this authenticity. Um, you know, authenticity is you know is equally important as to be able to create a good space because you, know, you feel that if you're in a space or in a, an environment that um, is truly uh, um, is truly uh, a reflection of the community that you're in that you'll be more inclined to uh, to feel comfort and to feel like you're um, that you're you know in a in, in a good good environment. As far as the the the, the trends also um, with with the uh, developers um, is to kind of create a different uh, method to uh, to build these spaces out. You know whether you're using um, you know shipping containers or a smaller module or uh, something that. Um, uh, 
some kind of an environment that is either temporary or um, or you know just seasonal for that for that matter. That was Stephen Francis Jones. This is Brooke Gardner. I think the idea of beauty not being only a luxury. Like I feel like beauty should just be a given and that with the democratization of design, it is a good thing that people can surround themselves with beauty at a friendlier price point. <laughs> um, so is that the idea though, that you can incorporate beauty, the idea of beauty into the design, but it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to, you're not, you're not paying for the amount of beauty. Right? Yeah. Is that, what, is that what you're saying? Yeah, but I, I think you know. I think the idea of um, the home as sanctuary ties into that. Like, you want to come home, you want to feel, um, you know, that your space is beautiful and that there is just a really good energy about it and that people want to come visit you in your home and that you want to create this space where, you know, the ideal is people walk, walk into your home and they feel at ease that they feel like, wow, like I could spend a lot of time here. Whether you want them to or not is another thing. <laughs> but you really do want people to feel at ease and at home and just to come in and feel like, oh, this house has really good energy. And yes, part of that is beauty and having things be beautiful in your home. Um, but it's, it's honoring um, those things in your home and, and placing them in certain ways. So you don't necessarily need so much of something. So it's more about... Um, quality rather than quantity so if you know if you have one beautiful item you know and you have it on a piece of furniture that isn't so great maybe that elevates the piece or something you know it's just about about using your space and making your space feel um, that it represents you and how you want to be living and that there is a, a calmness and a quality to items, if that makes it, sense. It does. Are you also referencing the, that you're removing objects that don't necessarily be, they don't need to be there so that one can focus more on the things that really are important? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that it's about minimalism. I think it can be whatever you want it to be. If you're a maximalist or a minimalist, I think it's whatever represents you. But it's having those items um, that really do make you feel like oh this is my home and when people come into my home they're going to you know recognize me and my things like it's an ex not necessarily an extension of you but in a way it is it's sort of like it has meaning and that you really enjoy the things that you have like it's not just a random like, I don't know why that's there you know it's like there's purpose behind why things are in the places that they are from Brooke Gardner to John McClain I think today home has such a big meaning for clients and for me personally as well. It's this personal space where you want to go and close that door and just escape the rest of the world. So I really feel that making your home truly personal to you and what you are is part of my job. And I really want to make sure that clients really understand that I get it. I get the fact that the world's chaotic and I get the fact that it's a little crazy out there and we want to just go home and sit with our family on a comfortable sofa and uh, Netflix and chill. And I really love, I love being a part of that. Secondly, I think that the, the craze of decluttering and the Marie Kondo thing is really a big deal right now. I think that it's really making its way into clients' homes and clients are really understanding the fact that the less clutter 
I have, the more organized my life is, the better I function during the day and the better that my family functions, which is really hard for me because I'm a maximalist <laughs> to the fullest extent. But I really understand the fact that they want to pare down and that it really is a, a time in, in, in a lot of our lives where we just want to declutter and make things a little more simplistic. And I think that if I can have a part of that by organizing a client's kitchen or their closet or their living room, whatever the case may be, it really makes my job just uh, an amazing thing. So some trending things that I see happening right now are geometric patterns. I've always loved geometric patterns. I think that they're around to stay, but now a lot of companies like wall covering companies and tile companies are really making it a lot easier for us as designers. For instance, in the past, I used to have to cut a tile down into four or five, six pieces to make a pattern. Now, tile companies are making it so much easier by having those patterns pre-made for me and it makes installation costs quicker and easier. It makes my job quicker and easier and it saves a lot of money for the client. So I think that that's one big thing happening now. Secondly, I really feel that we've had this influx of brass and metals and golds and all of those different metallics right now. But what I think is the next really go-to metallic is chrome. I think chrome is making a huge, huge comeback. I love that it's this uh, cooler tone of the metallics and it looks really, really good when you pair it with like say an indigo sofa. It's just a nice, nice contrast. So stay tuned. Chrome is the big metal. One thing that I think that my clients are finding to be really beneficial to them, and, and I love it as well, is customization. I say that three times fast. <laughs> I really think that it's so cool that I can customize a piece for a client, and I've done it for a long time. I've customized sofas, and I've customized light fixtures and chairs, but where I think the design industry is going is that more mainstream companies are allowing us as designers to customize pieces for our clients. So whether it be a sofa that can be in 40 different fabrics, or whether, whether it be a a light fixture that can have a, a frosted shade or a, a clear one, whatever the case may be. More and more companies, I, I noticed this, I was just at High Point Market and I noticed so many more companies right now are really jumping on that bandwagon and allowing us as designers to have more options and allowing my clients thus to have more options. So customization is a really big deal and I think we're going to see more and more of it um, this year and beyond. Okay, the, the big thing that I see happening right now in the design industry uh, between myself and my clients is that I have a lot of clients who really want to be more involved in the process. They want to know what direction they should take. They want to know what look this sofa should have or where these cabinets should be placed. But then they want to take that and run with it. And I'm totally 100% fine with that. I'm actually restructuring my company to where I can sort of let those people do what they want to do and give them as much or as little information as they need to, to fulfill the project. But then I also have my, uh, my full service clients that really want every single aspect of the project handled for them. So I think that as a designer, the market's changing. Clients are, are very aware. They're very smart people, our clients these days. They know how to find these things um, on their own sometimes. And if they're willing to do that, I'm willing to meet them in the middle and just uh, facilitate the process. These are amazing creatives with some truly unique design and architecture ideas and, and trending concepts. Trending concepts, really interesting idea, right? Things that you can see on the horizon. Speaking of which, here is another that you should definitely be aware of, and it's article. An online-only furniture company inspired by mid-century style and Scandinavian simplicity. As a design trade professional, you are going to absolutely love the style and quality of article furniture. And here's the best part. Articles created a trade program specifically for you, for busy designers 
Uh, so check this out. Joining the trade program is absolutely free and there is no minimum for you to start receiving trade discounts. Zero. Your clients are going to love Article Furniture and now you have some help providing them with a trade program that is truly special. What's more, they have exclusive designer pricing that cannot be found elsewhere for less. They offer standard one-year warranties on all Article Furniture and the shipping is amazing. Flat rate in most cases, if not free, and fast. Stock items ship in two weeks or less. Through this trade program, they handle special invoicing, tax-exempt purchasing, and the customer service is staffed by design professionals. Now, hear this because this is really important. These are real people who know what you're trying to accomplish and have the authority to help you get what you need. So, for all the details and to sign up for Article's trade program, please go to cxd.article.com. CXD is in Convo by Design. cxd.article.com. Thank you, Article. Okay. Here's, uh, here's some more uh, amazing trending ideas. This is Ada Legaspi. So I think, you know, with social media, you know, with Instagram and Facebook and online design um, social media sites, I think it's becoming more important to really have that relationship with your client in developing a personalized space. Um, I think with all these imagery that we're bombarded with, it's really hard to identify what really speaks to the client and how those images resonate with them. So I think with our job as designers today is really to get in deep with the conversations of how clients uh, want to design their space that is a true reflection of them. One thing that I'm seeing while designing spaces for my clients is this craving for natural materiality in furniture, um, surfaces. I think, you know, we want to be in touch with nature. You know, we're always, we're always indoors, you know, we're working all the time in front of computers. And I think craving that tactile, organic, warmth materials in natural woods, stones, uh, fabrics is becoming really important. Um, it's not a trend, I think. I think it's something that is becoming part of how we we design spaces. So being in Los Angeles, um, we're very uh, we're very fortunate to have a lot of local artisans um, in our reach as designers. Um, you know, for us, I think it's really important to support our local artisans and craftspeople to really get that personalized touch in our work. Um, you know, we, we want to be different. We want to provide a unique uh, voice in our work. And so I think collaborating with uh, artisans is a really important um, part of our way of designing. That was Ada Legaspi. This is John Feldman. We're talking about trending ideas as it relates to what's happening in the business, right? From, right. Both, from both a business standpoint, what clients are looking for right now, the, the ideas with regard to collaboration, what products are being, what you were asked to do five years ago that either is being asked more of you now or not as much because someone else is doing it. What are you, what are you seeing in the industry right now? 
Yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, there's been a real evolution, I'd say, if we can go back even t- 10 years. And I think it has a lot to do with uh, economy. Obviously, uh, we're in a, um, it's fairly discretionary in, in, in a, let's, a luxe industry. Do you have to do it and do it now? No, if there's not the, uh, the finances to, port, to support something of that sort. Um, the answer is no. But when things started to pick up again, and uh, businesses that were still trying to keep their, you know, uh, that were still around to keep their roofs on, um, they got very creative. So cross-disciplinary kind of multidisciplinary behavior started cropping up out of offices, and uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And uh, and uh, to that trend was added uh, some multimedia or. Uh, social media outlets and different ways of, uh, of getting your work seen. So where I'm going with this is that competition, I'll call it competition, and we're not necessarily all talking about the same, the same level of uh, qualifications and, and competency, but there's a lot more people doing uh, the art of design, let's say, um, from a v- variable backgrounds. We as landscape architects of high-end residential environments, uh, single-family environments, um, really concentrate on that which we know best, and that happens to be our niche within landscape architecture. And what we've found, and I've worked for some of these firms in, the, in my distant past too, is that there's a trend for that all-inclusive, at, at the very luxe level, um, the all-inclusiveness of, uh, of, of uh, all, all held within un, under one, one firm, design firm's roof. Um, and there's some that do it very, very well. And I have had been a part of a, one of those firms before, before the downturn. And then there's others that are, I, I yeah, don't want to create enemies here, but they're a little more grabby. We know very specifically our art in what we, you know, of, of landscape architecture. And I think what's deceiving uh, to the public is that uh, there's a great many people professing that they can, they can and will do this. There's landscape designers, there's design build co- landscape contractors, there's architects, interior designers, we've all seen take on uh, uh, aspects of this work, if not just diving into it and so we're seeing um i have a vested interest as, as a landscape architect and a purist in my in my, in my uh, in my profession my allied trade um is that i'd like to see it preserved and we've seen the quality of the projects and the size of our projects really come down over this uh, period of time um so and so far as trending goes, I think there's this trend to um, and uh, to a one, one-stop shopping, and I understand that. We try to advocate for that when working in uh, um, directing our um, clientele towards a contractor type. You know, there's those that do aspects of uh, a full landscape construction, like uh, planting, lighting, and irrigation. There's others that behave like general contractors. I said, that's your, those are your folks. One-stop shopping. So I know it's very attractive, but um, our case is a little different because the training is so specific in the exterior architecture 
of um, of these environments that we're building that uh, we we are the <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb and say we are the we are the one discipline that is truly skilled in all aspects of those things that affect site development site work and, and landscape architecture um, but that that is a trend that I'm seeing is that uh, I think be, uh, it's it's had to do with social media and the availability of looks and um, picture-perfect moments. It's really vignettes and moments that people are trying to capture and, um, and not knowing exactly how to achieve that. This is Tideli Outdoor co-founder, Tatiana Mendeli. We are releasing the new collection of Tideli uh, in a week. And I think for us, a big trending colors for uh, 2019 are the, the greens that comes from the turquoise to the green, what comes like teal color. This is one of the, we are making a big uh, release in this color. The other color is the mix of blue and purple, what we are calling blueberry, what is very interesting and uh, we also saw all that colors trending in the show in Milan last week. The other color that I think it's going to trend a lot uh, is the cinnamon, what is a different kind of brown with a little bit of orange because the color of the year by Pantone is the coral. So I think this color is going to come very, uh, very light in the compositions and we are going to see a lot. And the mix of coral and green, that's the mix that I beat it. I think this is the, the one of the pools and everything for this summer. This is exciting. So so greens, blues, and a little cinnamon. Yeah. And it, it, never forget this coral. This coral is like almost a peach, but it's not a peach. It's a little bit lighter. And it comes like a new beige in some compositions, even for outdoors and indoors. Thank you, Tatiana. This is Peggy Plattner. I've been designing since 2002. Uh, but really before that, my focus was home uh, re retail home furnishings. And you have a line as well. Yes. When did you start uh, the line? I started the line in 2013. Why? Um, Fabrics are my go-to. I love fabrics. It's my passion. And I was approached by um, a gentleman who basically taught me how to get started and helped me get started. And we launched in 2013. What are consumers and designers, what should they be looking for right now in modern fabric? Um, I think for modern fabrics today, is I think we're going more into natural, earthy, um, performance fabrics, young families, they, they want the performance fabrics for sure. And I'm, I really, my, my goals and my focus, I, I really want to get into more sustainability, sustainable fabrics, recycled, you know, recycled, uh, fabrics and, um, yeah. Um, how do you do that? Is, does it have to be American made? Can you outsource it and still maintain the quality? How do you do that? Well, I've been doing research, um, and I know there's a company in Texas that actually is, their fabrics are organic and they're grown in Texas. Um, and I traveled to Europe last year for it proposed and literally looked for mills that are 
that are more sustainable and it's very difficult. So the research has started for me. And from a color standpoint, what are you finding right now? What are you being asked for? Blues, green. Well, I have I have different clients. So I have a client that wants color, color, color. She wants wallpaper, you know, color everywhere. I have a client, um, I'm working with a gentleman on a beautiful home in Beverly Hills, and he wants everything neutral, natural, beachy, chic, you know, tone-on-tone -tone colors. Um, I'm working on a restoration project, and everything is from the 1920s, so it's early California, you know, um, Monterey furniture, hand-painted, and so really and truly, I'm all over the place. You are, aren't you? And I, mm -hmm. I, so I guess custom's a big thing right now. Yes. My projects are very custom. Absolutely. Thank you, Peggy. Here's Anthony Poon. We're here today having a roundtable discussion with landscape architects, architects, interior designers, uh, uh, people of all sorts. Um, I'm thinking the, the trend is that there are no boundaries, um, that, uh, that people who are architects are also furniture designers. They're also landscape architects. Interior designers are also designing textiles and, and fabrics, um, that it's all one big blur of a movement of creativity. Where are the rules? With every new set of, uh, with every new game, there have to be a set of rules. What are the rules for that? I think the exciting thing is that the, there are no rules. I think uh, in the old school days, uh, architects were well-defined. Uh, and, and so too were landscape architects, urban planners, uh, and furniture makers. I think the fact that there are no rules is what makes us all want to do what we do. It's, it's now just a form of creative entrepreneurship. It's, uh, it's uh, everyone coming up with an idea and, and making it work and, and learning as you go. I'm going to propose a, a, a trend that is the opposite of, I think, what people think are, is trendy. I'm going to call it the, the death of mid-century modern. Mid-century modern is uh, popular. We all know it's, it's exciting. It's, it's everywhere. I just came back uh, from speaking at Modernism Week in Palm Springs. Um, my trouble with it is that it's become not just a fad, but it's become a, a, a predictable formula. People are collecting mid-century modern design as if they're painting by numbers. They're purchasing that, that perfect pottery, the Eames chair, the avocado green paint, uh, the butterfly roof, the, we all know the elements that make up th this beautiful composition. But if you're just putting the pieces together like a formula, like painting by numbers, then all you've got is, is a, a composition of, of pieces that are, are nicely curated but doesn't speak to your own personality. Design should be individual, should be unique, it should tell a story about who you are. And if you just pick a style from the past, what's the purpose? Mid-century modern is no different than saying you want a Elizabethan home or that you want a Grecian temple or any of these past historical formulas. It's not design, it's not creativity and, and I think uh, uh, my colleagues and I are getting tired of, of seeing these predictable cliches and no one wants to live in a museum of mid-century formulas. So what's next? So where do you go from there? The, uh, discussion of what's next is, is sort of what Josh, you referenced once 
about architects being futurists. Um, I think what's next should not be driven by styles and cliches and formulas. It should be driven by the elemental qualities of architecture. We live in California. The climate is great. We're talking about elemental items like the indoor-outdoor connection. Uh, we're talking about proportions, air, light, scale, composition. These are the things that, that are what's next. You take that as a basic formula, you give it to an architect, you bring in the ideas from the client, and that's what's going to create what's next. And what's next should be something we haven't seen before. And that's what makes all of this very exciting. Okay. This is a wrap on another episode of Convo by Design, this time from the inaugural Design Influencers Group, featuring some amazing designers, architects, and uh, uh, landscape architects. Thank you so much to our sponsorship partners, Snyder Diamond, Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove, Vondam, Article, and uh, Cambria Surfaces. Uh, but most of all, thank you. Uh, without you listening to the show, there is no Convo by Design. So thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing. Thank you for rating the show on iTunes and engaging via social media. Until next week, keep creating. Convo by Design is proud to be working with Vendôme Furniture. Design culture, it's the key to their success. It's what pushes them to consistently create new collections that give spaces a new dimension. They create dialogue between environment and form. Vendôme pieces can transform the simplest space into one filled with glamour that is both unique and extraordinary. And isn't that what design is all about? Creating atmospheres where you can take hold of life and enjoy it to the fullest? Vendôme products are simple and elegant, contemporary and exceptionally comfortable. Their crafted, modern, durable, molded resin, glass, and metal designs are unique and they beg to be enjoyed. They search the planet for the right designers, that embody the Vendôme spirit and work together to create remarkable pieces into an exclusively Vendôme mode of expression. And if you haven't seen Vendôme before, you can check them out in uh, some of the Convo by Design videos you'll find on our YouTube channel. But you can find them in their showrooms at the D&D Building in New York, Wynwood in Miami, and the Pacific Design Center here in LA, or online at Vendôme.com.